This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Jessica. What's up, girl? I have Wi-Fi. It's a miracle, truly. And I'm not stuck in the mountain. Um, <laughs> I could barely hear that. <laughs> Was it? There you go. Uh huh. La 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 la. So there's that. Da, 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 da. Nobody's yeah. as happy that you have great internet than than I. Yeah, right. Because now I'm not like dropping out. At least now, if we have troubles, it's really not going to just be my fault. <laughs> That's right. It will be my fault now. It will be, I think, yeah, whatever. Everybody could have equal fault this time, not just moi. Yeah. So that makes me happy. Uh, Here are some things that make Elsie happy. Being able to to, um, back up my computer via Backblaze, which I adore. I love the service. But I can't use if I don't, if I can't just go somewhere and put the, you know, back up because other than that, there's no way I can do it. So that was great. It had been like two months since I'd been able to back up. You're that was kidding awesome. me. Nope. No, nope, I can't do it. I can't use that. Like your whole life hangs in the balance. That's how I would feel. Oh my God, it sucks. And then I had 83 apps that needed to be updated on my phone. That and you stresses know, me out. Isn't so that much. insane? The thought of that. The makes thought me of twi- that I'm stresses me out. I'm it twitching. stresses me out to look down and see that number every day when I woke up. There's more. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I can't stand this number in my face. So that was like, I feel so clean now. I feel clean. I'm up. It's like you've been able to shower for the first time in a month. It's It's, like you're almost like you're digitally homeless and now you've showered and eaten. Exactly. Yes. That is me saying yes to that. Yes, absolutely. I cannot even. Oh, wow. It's yeah. It feels so good. Updating. Oh, I updated Skype. I updated Ecamm call recorder because oh I God. couldn't do some of those things because I didn't want to take the, the, the chance that the upload or download or whatever wouldn't actually happen. Right. And I didn't want to get stuck without having like vital pieces of software updated. So yeah, that sucked. Yes. <clears throat> so now I feel, I do feel quite complete. <laughs> Thank God. So I have two months of, le- of this at least, so that's nice. Yay. So you're um, going to be there until when? Until after podcast movement. So you have, yeah, all of July and all of August. For the most part. I think we might be leaving at the end of August. I'm not quite sure what the scoop is then. Well, PM is, is kind of the end of August. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it is the end of August. So you'll come home like and then go home, home. Yes. I do believe that that's what's happening, but we'll see. I mean, there's so much up in the air right now. It's like, kind of nuts. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, alas, alas, I am here. Here We're, you are. Yeah. So, I don't think I've talked about this on the show yet, but or did I? I was um, asked 
to do a webinar series about podcast advertising, podcast advertising 101 for um, the four A's, better known as the Advertise- American Association of Advertising Agencies. Um, my sessions, <clears throat> it's a three-part series that will go over everything having to do with podcast advertising. This is not an ad, by the way, so don't fast forward because I'm getting to a point here. So um, – <laughs> It's a three-part series. It starts on the 27th of July. And, you know, I've been like, it's a really, it's, it feels like a big deal because this will maybe be the first time some agencies and therefore brands come in contact with the idea of podcast advertising. I'm teaching it for the first time. Also, it's an IAB credit. Did I tell you that? I did. Yes, I? you did. Yeah. It's an I, it's a digital IAB credit, which is international, no, Internet Advertising Bureau. So, um, People who are going for certification can take my course for credits. It's so weird. But anyway, so um, so I've been preparing and preparing and then like I found a good template and I started to put an outline together and I thought, you know what, since it's coming up in like three weeks, I better take the whole week off of phone calls so that I can do this presentation. So I blocked off my calendar and, um, you know, I knew that I wouldn't be able to work yesterday, but like today we're recording and then of course like I lost a crown like a temporary crown my temp- my dental woes continue because I lost my temporary crown it just popped off while I was flossing so now I have to Sweet. go to the dentist as soon as we get off the phone then I have like a friend who sort of is a client that I'm talking to so that screws today then tomorrow you know I have a client you know I'm like I just uh, certain things can't be avoided and then I'm just like when am I going to do this pre- I'm so scared cuz now I think I have like 10 hours or less this week to do this presentation and I'm freaking out. So which means probably I have to block off hours next week as well. It's just getting it's like how do you ever get any how do people get things done? You know what I mean? It's like let's just say I was going to do a TED talk on top of all this not the it's just same thing to me. It's just like when do you prepare for these things? How do you ever make room in your schedule for stuff you want to do? What if I wanted to run a marathon? Like who has time for this stuff? How do you do it? I see what you're a little bit at a time. A little bit, of, I guess so. But I time. thought I could bang it out. I guess what, when, what's going to happen is I'll bang out the outline, make sure the content is right, and then just over time fiddle in the slides, kind of like how you and I do before we do a presentation together. Well, I think that that you know, sadly, I feel that that's that's part of my workflow as well. Meaning that it's sort of like you hit a wall and you're like, it's got to be done. It's got to be done tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, I have found that there are what's kept me on has been a new actual workflow inside of the computer that has made transitions and creation of the final product easier. Like I've been using um, Ulysses, 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 I can't even say it. Is it U-L-Y-S-S-E-S? Yes, say it. Yeah, Ulysses. Okay, that. I've been using that app for um, for writing. And so I work with that with my clients. And whenever I work on my deep dives and anything that's in the E-League and anything that is really, really specific, because I have like a 30-minute, like solve my problem, like pick my brain kind of thing where I really just solve the issue that you're having. And then I have a one-hour, like really in-depth session as well. And so when I do that, I write everything in one and one thing inside of that um, app. And I'm just sort of writing 
headers and bullet points and thought processes and things like that. Then when I go in there, I just, I basically just, it, it's, I move things here and there just a little bit back and forth. But what's really cool about the app is that it exports out these amazing looking PDFs, like out of control. And they are, they're beautifully crafted. You can change the different types of styles that you want. You can create your own style. I haven't really stayed in there long enough to create the kind of style that I really totally, absolutely 100% want yet, but they are so beautifully done. And so now whenever I'm with the client, I actually write all my notes. And what I do is I export the notes and they're beautifully formatted afterwards and boom, done. Now, how that would... How much is Ulysses? 50 something dollars, I think. It's an app? It's an app. It's a writing app. A desktop or not sell, not sell, right? Well, you can actually. I did buy the the iPhone one too, but it's not as... UlyssesApp.com. Yes, I love the app itself. I'm going to actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you the latest thing that I... I'm and this gonna, will help me with my presentation, huh? Well, no, I'm just telling you why the workflow that I have. Now, given that workflow mm. that I have for that, then um, what you're doing is you're doing a presentation. And so like what I would do is I would probably end up doing the outline there and then it would be really easy for me to export it out into a PDF or yeah. to just copy and paste into, I, I could copy and a paste present. it into, yeah, a presentation. Absolutely. And so what I've done actually is I have gotten, I have done this in the past in d- using different apps like ByWord and things like that. That's how I got my social media for podcasters presentation done was all on ByWord. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done is I've pulled that social media app inside of, I'm uh, not social media app, that 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 text from Byword, I put it all inside of Ulyse, Ulysses, and so now I have it accessible there. And if I ever need to pass that out to my clients, I just export out of this beautiful PDF that's already formatted and beautifully done, and it looks. I've so been pretty. using Google Docs, but it's not as satisfying, I think, as it could be. I just want you guys to see it because it was the. E- I mean, obviously, I worked, meaning I prepared for the session, but, um, but it's not like I did, like I did no extra work after that. Like I just prepared for the session and then I have a, essentially I know what I'm going to add to that and it just kind of goes and now she can have it. So that was my session for this morning. Let's see. And then, um, you can kind of see that's the general template that I, that's useful. That I kind of created, but there's different. I looks. like the quotes; they're cool. I know. See, doesn't it look super like fancy? It and looks I did nice. Yeah, I totally didn't. Um, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't change the colors. I didn't change the bold. I didn't do any of that stuff. It's Everything nice. that's on that is pre-done. This brings me to the next conundrum, which is yes. since it's such a um, big deal, I was sort of thinking I should have like a fancy. Not transitions, but like maybe do it in Prezi or something uh-huh. else because I really, you know, they're agencies. They create amazing presentations and I didn't want to have like my sad little bullet pointed keynote. Wait, so are you 100% sure that that's the case? That they're all going to be agencies? No, that they all create amazing presentations. I would say that on a scale of one to 10, an advertising agency presentation, I mean, they they employ all the most creative people. So I would think so. Yeah. 
they all have art directors and yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason that I'm I'm just saying that is because that? yeah, because why? of Apple. Think about Apple's presentations, um, and I've seen other online entities do presentations that are kind of um, bigger. I haven't seen necessarily digital advertising presentations from advertisers, but they're not that uh, fancy. They're mm. clean. They are to the point. Yeah. Uh, there's no extra fancy transition here and let's make this beautiful like this. You know why also? Because you're going to be leading a class online. That's true. Would it's you like to, you know, right. hold up the bandwidth because you have your fancy <laughs> swooping presentation numbers coming in I all anima- you're animated? Right. You're right. So, Plus it's distracting and I want them to get the point. You're right. <clears throat> but anyway, I played with... Um, I played with this tool called Vizme, V-I-S-M-E dot C-O, and they gave me a premium subscription to kind of like review it and try it out. And I would say that for people who don't have Keynote and don't have PowerPoint, it's pretty cool. It has themes. You can customize a theme. And then it has like a billion little data charts and graphs and things that you can import. Also, what I thought was cool about it – I mean, I'm not – I can't do my presentation in there because I'm just – it's too important and I'm not as familiar with it as I'd like to be. However, it also has extremely awesome infographic templates and that I would do in there in a heartbeat. Mm, yeah. Like, cause I've that never be been awesome. able to find a good thing, you know, to be able to put an infographic together that's like super shareable. And this is the perfect thing for that. So I'm kind of thinking like throughout my little, you know, as I build content for the agency, I'd like to do a few infographics in there. So. I thought it was neat and it's not expensive. So there's my review kind of. But I can't use it for this presentation. But I definitely think for people who are doing either their first presentation or who don't have presentation software, it's perfect. It would be the Can you tell me the name of it again? I don't want I don't want to say it wrong, but it's oh. V I S M E dot co. Okay. Visme. Visme. Visme? That's fine. I like Vis- how you just said I don't want to say it wrong. Do you know who you're talking to? Yes. That's so. part of what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want to. I mean, you know, it's it's if I say Vizme, people will probably spell it with a Z, but it probably is because vi- it's visual. Oh, so I it's see. Vizme okay. probably. Um, but yeah, go to Vizme.co, not .com. Okay. And .co. like, I don't know. Like, so and also people who do have Macs, like people who need to make a presentation, but have no idea how Keynote works, because, you know, it's kind of an acquired taste. This is probably easier to use than that. Yeah. And it's in the cloud, which is cool. Well, good. That's the, I mean, that's really good to know because there's a lot of people that are putting, you know, stuff together and you can repurpose. I'm sure you can repurpose the content. I think that that's going to be one of the biggest value ads yes. that you're going to have is the repurposing of the content. And I'm yes. a fan of being able for you to visually, I think your one of your biggest gifts is to be able to, like you can present information in a visual way, in a visually appealing way mm-hmm. by far better than i've seen anybody else do thank you so it's i think instead of thinking fancy as in like all the different transitions and let's be fancy that way i think for you to just visually place it even on the cards i don't know you just have a really great eye for design and making things making simple things look pretty and even the complex things look kind of 
understandable. Mm-hmm. Duh. That's a huge <laughs> gift because I, you know, there's times where I'm like, how am I going to explain this in a visual form? So, yeah, like remember you, when we, yeah, I, I'm especially proud of the visual chart of um, record to publish RSS yeah. feed included with like, Yep. I mean, it was just like a few icons and sticks, but I was like, I can't believe I just did that so that you could see like from pressing stop, then it goes here, then it goes here, then it goes here. It's like a little yeah. flow chart. So thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Not to help you pat my back, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So you're right. If I just keep it simple and then I should be okay. But yeah, so I've been working on that this week and the two thing. Have you ever seen a tooth that was crowned without a crown? No. I don't recommend it. Wait. So, okay, wait, wait. Let's clarify that really quickly. So a crowned tooth is that is a tooth that has, is it that it has that um, metal thing around it? Is that a crown tooth? My understanding of a crown, and again, I don't look back there often, but a crown, I believe is when you have a cavity that is so um, astute, yeah, so heavy, astute. Yes. that they have to dig so much of the tooth out in order to get the cavity that you then need like a topper in order to act as the tooth because otherwise you don't have much of oh, your tooth left. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, got okay? it. Uh-huh. Now, after a crown, if it still doesn't work and it has gone into the root, that's a root canal. Oh, they okay. have to dig in there. And then they have to fill in your gums and then build the tooth on top of it. That's a root canal. I have one of those as well. This is just a crown that I've actually had a super long time because I have soft teeth, I guess. So I've had this crown probably 20 years. It's a cavity from when I was eight that was filled, 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 filled. And then they were like, fuck, we're just going to crown it because we give up here. And then I don't know why, but I went to this dentist for the first time and he was like, your crown is kind of old and maybe we should redo it. I'm like, okay. It didn't hurt. There's nothing wrong with it. I should have never gone along with it because it was very painful. So, like, he hurt me to death. He's the guy with the hot dog fingers. Oh. Yeah. So, he, so first he, you know, took off the old crown and he put on like a, a temporary one. Then it was wiggly. Then I had to go back. Then he just kind of popped it off, popped it back off. No anesthetic. Then I went back and it still wasn't healed enough from the pain. So they, he popped the temporary crown. So now I was flossing the other day and it just popped off, which means, again, the tooth that they've dug into to take out cavity is now exposed. Hmm. So imagine imagine the dentist drilling your tooth to take hmm. out cavity and like taking out over half your tooth and then just like leaving it there. That's what's going on in my mouth right now. Hmm. So I took a drink of something this morning like with ice in it. Almost fell on the floor because I, I have to be really careful that nothing cold gets on that side. It's been this way since Sunday. It's Wednesday. That's uh, exactly yeah. what I sounded like. I am so sorry. I went, <gasps> and so, and, and like I bent over because <laughs> I mean, and I mean, and even brushing over there is, is, it's an exposed root. It's so painful. So, um, yeah. So after we record, I have to go and get it put on and, um, I really, these are the types of things where I insist that I'd be happier with dentures. I insist. I'm so tired of teeth. I'm and just tired every, of teeth as well. Just everything that goes along with it yeah, just bothers it. me. I'm tired I'm so of the, worrying about the color, tired of worrying about the softness, the cavities, flossing, all of it. Just give me some dentures. I'll put them in a cup overnight. I'll sleep much better. <laughs> Perfectly happy. 
All right. So I'm so sorry. We've yeah. kind of done our tool tips first. Well, we have, yeah, we have a lot of other things that we can totally cover later, but I actually have a question for you. And I think that, um, do you want to talk about this Facebook has 2 billion users thing, or do you want to just do advertising? I do for, I just want to mention it for one reason. So wait, wait, let's stop and let's do our transition now. Let's do some news and then we can continue with the conversation. The news you can use. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. Okay, so there's just a little tidbit in the news that I just want to. I just want to reiterate. It's important for podcasters. Maybe Elsie, you will guess why I want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. So as of June twenty seventh, Facebook has now gotten to two billion users per month across the globe muchas personas mucho personas Elsie, si Elsie, okay go bueno so what does this mean for podcasters as far as we're concerned i want to know what you think i think is significant about it okay can i just tell you a story it's not a test or anything no i know but can i tell you a story yeah all right so, is it going to um, be how you already knew this information way before me? No, no, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> All right, go. So, I was talking with my mom, and she was like telling me that, um, you know, she's like, I'm catching up on your episodes, the She, po- she Podcast. And she said, you know, she had gotten to episode, she was listening to episode 149, and she goes, I'm, I I'm listening, and then it stops, and then it only gets to 12 minutes, and I don't know what's happening. And I was like, okay. And so she finally figured out her internet was a little wonky at that time, which is why it was only loading till that time. So, but that gave me pause, and I said, Mom, how do you listen to podcasts? Like, how, do you, how are you listening to this? And so what she, this is her workflow. She either, when she either goes specifically to my Twitter account and clicks through on our latest episode, or she will go inside of Facebook and go, will go to facebook.com slash podcasts. And she will listen that way. Hmm. And that's how she listens to podcasts. The she end. She either goes on your... Twitter. Your Twitter. Yes specifically to listen to your show or what's to, the other way to listen to she podcasts so she will look at my twitter uh, twitter account and she'll read you know she'll read my tweets she'll find the latest promotional tweet for the episode and she'll click through to the website and listen that's well, one way that's interesting but she's probably don't you think she's in the minority and then the other way she does it is she'll go on shepodcast.com slash face i mean i'm sorry facebook.com slash she podcast she'll go to our page, our page okay and then she will again click through there and listen to the show. So I know, actually, you know what? I, I don't think she's in the minority in terms of consumption. I think that, yes, we do have a lot of people who are listening inside of iOS. Yeah. But what's interesting is that she is consuming via iOS. She's actually consuming via iOS. She's not consuming on her on the desktop. So the reason that I feel that's important it's that it's giving her it's giving her the easiest access that she can get to the end. Like it's not like I need to read like she's consuming it. It works for her. She's listening. And the reason I feel is important is because that's why we post it on Facebook. Because right. there's some people who are going to consume it like my mom. Yes. 
or be reminded, oh, there's a new She Podcast episode out. Let's look at my podcast app or something like that. It could be a reminder. I find that people over 45, it's easier for them to listen on Facebook. Like if you take and use the Facebook, op- well, if you're using Lipson, like if that's your host, there's an option for a destination where it'll take and put it on Facebook for you. So it'll go on your page and they can click that and listen right from Facebook. And they listen, people 45 and up are more likely to listen to that because they don't know the technology. They don't know how to download. They don't know how to subscribe, but they know how to use Facebook and they know how to click. And that's, and I, I get more interaction through Facebook than any other platform I use. Yeah. So that was sort of my point is that, you know, everyone and their mom is constantly asking how to grow an audience. And if you hear that Facebook has 2 billion users per month and that doesn't set off an alarm for you, then your marketing radar is not as strong as it could be. (laughs) Because um, right now we know that about how many million people are listening? I'll pull it up for you right now because I'm, this is part of my, this is part of my research. We have 2 billion people using Facebook every month. And then we have monthly podcast listening. 24% of the population, AKA 76 million people. So people are constantly asking, how do I grow my audience? How do I grow my, my podcast audience? How do I get more listens? How do I get more downloads? Well, if everyone and their mother literally is on Facebook, and almost none of them are listening to podcasts on a monthly basis, seems to me you would market the heck fire out of your show on Facebook with boosting posts, with growing your page, with getting people to, I don't know, do whatever you have to do, run a contest, whatever you need to do. I mean, you can boost to your page. You can boost to other people's pages. Like if you were to interview, say, the head of NPR, you and I would boost that episode. You would boost that episode to the NPR Facebook page. And it doesn't have to cost that much. You can do it for just $5 and make sure that people who like the NPR Facebook page see that episode and your downloads will increase. Really, you should be marketing anywhere people are because that's the only way they're going to start to know about your show and know how to listen to it, right? So it makes no sense to me when people put out content and they have no social and then they're like, I don't know how to grow. (laughs) Where is everyone and their mother? How many people are on the planet? Do we know? Dude. uh, What's the planet population? Six billion? Seven billion, I think. So that's almost, so that's like 30% of the world is on Facebook. If you can't grow an audience using Facebook, you are just the saddest marketer ever. Well, I, d- I don't think that that's, Period. you know, there's a, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I totally understand. Wait, you're I not. I get it. It's, it's not, it, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. So, but I think that what we're trying to bring forward and something that I'm bringing awareness to with the women that I've been working with, it, it's that you have to be clear about your message on your Facebook page. I think there are some key things, especially for people who are, um, two things, one of like, meaning that they are two things online. Like one of them is like a business entity, coaching, consulting, whatever that is. And then they have a podcast. 
You have to mention you have a podcast. That's like one of the things that you should probably put on your Facebook page that you have a podcast. <laughs> that, I mean, way to simplify. It. Yeah, yes. that they, no, no, I'm absolutely serious. That there's and that it has a name and put the name down. That it can be downloaded. That there's places to do that as well. And so those are act, that's actually one of the most important things that you can do to optimize your about to optimize some of the graphics, to optimize some of the description fields that are in there and the ability for somebody to dive deeper into your work. That's like number one thing in there. Now, in terms of gr growing in the way that you're talking about it, I understand about boosting posts and whatnot, but actually before boosting things is that you need to create content that's going to speak to your audience, that's going to speak to the listener and that you're going to have to spend some time strategizing around, not about what and when you're going to post, but what, I mean, not meaning not what and when as in like, you know, you're, I'm going to post this small little thing here and then I'm going to, a longer post here. But the type of content that you're going to be putting on Facebook is very important. And guess what? It's not the same for everybody. So maybe an image that talks about XYZ is going to be working better for you than just the link to your show notes. Maybe try putting a link to Stitcher. Maybe try a link to iTunes. Maybe this time you're going to do an audiogram. Maybe then you're going to push from Instagram into Facebook. Like there's all of these different ways. And the only way that you can do it is if you test it and you actually involve yourself in doing this on Facebook, that's actually going to be a lot more helpful. And if you can have, again, the, the number one thing is make sure that the posts that you put in there speak to your audience, that makes them feel something, and then that you go through the process of clicking through and knowing like, what am I? So if I put this up there, what are my expectations of whoever is going to click through this? What are they going to do? What do I want them to do? Because I guarantee you that most people that post on Facebook don't click on their own stuff to see how then they would go listen That's to their true. own podcast. That's definitely true. So I was just that. saying before you even get to the strategy part and the thinking about it part, know that in order to reach people, you have to go where they are, not cry about where they're not. That was my only point yeah, is that I agree. everyone is there. So you should go to there as Liz Lemon would say on 30 yeah, Rack. Totally. And again, at the minimum, it's like even if you just optimize your description and your profile and the way you look, just the outside, <laughs> because it's searchable. Dun, dun, dun. And a lot of the time, your uh, Facebook and your Twitter accounts or your even your Instagram accounts are going to rank higher than your website. A lot of this happens to a lot of us, actually. Yeah. So if they go there, you need to tell them what you're about right there. Because if you have a Facebook page that doesn't ever mention your podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, the point of growing the podcast audience is to, you know, tell mention them about it. it. Yes, yeah. Mention, yeah. So okay. that's, I mean, yeah. and I know that seems super like lame, but I, I'm telling you all, it's, it's a thing. Because, you know why? Because most of us set up our Facebook pages way before we had a podcast sometimes or we did set up a Facebook page with our podcast, but for some reason we said we never described it because that happens as well. There is no, like the reason we set it up is so that our existing users could connect with us when the reality of the situation is that those profiles exist so that new users could actually become listeners. 
Mm-hmm. And people don't quite get that yet, but people are changing it up, you know. So the majority of your social media presence is not for your current listeners. That actually just deepens the conversation. They'll know how to find you no matter what. But it's really for being seen, like you like to say. It's yeah. for being seen. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so that's so, why the news. Yeah, that's so why we're I gonna. That was you guys can read this article that. It, from Engadget. It's kind of mind-blowing. That's crazy, dude. I know. Two billion, and there's 7.1 billion on the planet. That's pretty uh, admirable. When you think of it that way, it's kind of a, a miracle, really. Yeah. It's, whoa, crazy pants. But there's a, some kind of... Uh, so are we going to talk about how fun it is that podcast movement will be in Philadelphia on 2018? I mean, how could we not? How could we not, right? Ooh, I'm like, so ooh. excited. So... Yes, yesterday it announced, uh, it announced, <laughs> yesterday they announced that Podcast Movement um, 2018 is going to be in Philadelphia, which is my pseudo hometown since it's like 20 minutes from here. And I'm extremely excited. So I wanted to mention it because I know there are people at this time of year, like beginning of July, this is the time when people are trying to S or get off the pot kind of. And like decide if they're going to go and maybe they won't, maybe they will, maybe they won't. And so I kind of just wanted to put that out there that like if you're on this coast, meaning the one where Elsie and I reside and um, you don't know if you want to take the whole trip to Anaheim and it's causing you some kind of stress, just know that next year this will not be stressful for you because it will be on this coast. And so if it means that you don't go this time so you can go next time, then so be it. Um, also if you're on the West coast, same thing. And you know, now you know that next year it's going to be a whole to do to get your tuchus to Philadelphia, then maybe you should go this year and mm-hmm. not wait because next year yep. it's going to be all the way across the country, which I'm excited about because we've not had one on the East coast yet. This is the first one that will be on the East coast and I'm so excited. I know that's crazy, right? You're right. Cause it's I wish been I like even closer to Philly so I could have a big house party. That would be fun. I want to invite all my friends over to my house and like give them burgers and dogs and stuff, but it's not realistic just because where they're having it in Philly is like dead smack in the middle of the city. And I'm in the suburbs and we would need, I was telling John, we would need like a party bus to take everyone there. Like, I mean, I know we get shuttled. They might still happen, but where, I mean, actually there's some really amazing restaurants and places right around where the, um, convention center is it's it's in chinatown which will also be fun so yeah it'll be good but i would just like to be like hi everyone that i know come over to my house and meet my family it's the reading markets right there you can the go reading there Mar- it's, yeah. it's fantastic it's you're seven blocks away from pat steaks and gino steaks the home yeah. of the cheesesteak i was wow. even thinking just john i was even thinking elvez i didn't even get as far as the cheesesteaks the elvez is so good have you ever been there no, but I, I'm I am star. so I'm over the moon about this because I've never been to a podcast movement and I yeah. I can throw a rock from my house there. Yeah. And yep. just imagine the 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 live she podcast we're going to be able to do there. Set up our equipment and yeah. do it right there and we'll all be in the same room. We are definitely going to have to throw a bigger part. I mean like we're doing a live event at the one in Anaheim, but something I mean I know I'm going to be able to get sponsors and stuff here because i'm familiar with the business owners and i know who's who here so it'll be easier for me a little bit but um like trying to find trying to find like local people to donate food in anaheim is like reaching in the dark for your glasses kind of it's like uh uh, 
but yeah, so it'll be easier for me to plan something fun. And maybe we could do a workshop the day before, the day after, you know, and anyway, it should be really good. I'm excited to do it in Philadelphia. But that's not to say that this year isn't going to be awesome. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you can use our coupon code for 15% off. And it's the code is ShePodcasts. And then also, if you'd like to come to our live event, it's ShePodcasts.com forward slash PM17. And um, it's $5 to come to the event. And it is Friday around 1 o'clock. So dun, please dun, – dun. oh, my God. I'm hiccuping. So please come – and see us perform our show live. We're going to be recapping the event, roasting some people, have, creating a ruckus, having a good time. It's going to be really fun. So yeah, PM in Philly. Whoop, whoop. Um, all right. So, all right. So now we're going to get into the meat and taters, I guess. Yes, today. I kind of want to keep on the conversation uh, around ads that we were talking about, although we were just helping you kind of get your stuff out of your brain. But I, I kind of want to lead the conversation first because okay. I want to have some thoughts from you as um, I, I think that there's a lot of people that feel that because there is a tool available to monetize your stuff, that automatically that's going to make you money. So I, I want to kind of um, have a, a, a podcast Right now that I'm in a kind of pseudo, I'll come in to you like as a potential client, right? Okay, I am, that's all right. So I'm like, you know, I have this sort of, I have a very niche podcast with a f- women audience, with a female audience that is rabid. They're rabid audience, okay? Is this a show with a hilarious co-host? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But Keep hilarious. going. I'm just teasing. No, it's not. I mean, and not this, <laughs> not, not, no, I'm not saying that we wouldn't do this is what I'm saying. It actually could be. It could be. a. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take the comedy out of it. In fact, it's not. All it's right. not a comedy. It's Fine. not a comedy. It is a rabid audience because women really need my niche. They are they are really, really driven to this niche, right? Think of it around the parenting escape of things like in that area. So here's this woman who's got this um, incredible audience that is completely rabid. And you know that these type of women absolutely are the leaders of and they will they will be the the, the bosses of what you're going to buy, right? They need product, they need a product. What kind of product? Women products. Things that are as specific in feminine to, products or as, as in, in like, informational products. As in any anything that has to do with this demographic that is in the parenting area. Okay? So anything that could be it could be clothing, it could be, you know, makeup, it could be uh, stuff that they use, feminine things for themselves, okay. it okay. could be panties, okay, anything like that. But And the thing is that the audience size is not particularly big, but they're getting a little bit over a thousand episodes, a uh, thousand downloads per episode per month. All right. So the reason that they're coming to you, Jess, is because, oh, actually not even you. Let's say they're looking to look for, they're really interested in doing dynamic ads for their show. They want a service that can do dynamic ads for their show. And they are choosing to go somewhere that has the ability to have dynamic ads. Not not host again, these are all going to be put in there because they kind of want to monetize their back catalog as well. So, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, they don't have to go anywhere to monetize the back catalog because as far as I know, both Libsyn and Blueberry, if you sign up for either Libsyn Pro or Premium, they have the capability of doing dynamic ad insertion into your back catalog. 
So you don't have to like move hosts or do anything like that. You can just let them know that you're ready or you want to do this. And I, since I've not done it with either of those hosts before, I don't know if, um, you have to have a certain number of downloads. That is, that is true. So there is actually a limit. There is, there are parameters around. Usually for, from, from what I believe, for Lipson's side of things, it's 5,000 downloads per episode per month minimum. Back catalog? Yeah. No, 5,000 5, uh, per episode per month. The end. No, I know. But sometimes, so, so here's the thing else. Like that's for to get an advertiser in general. Right. Yeah. But for example, I have some adver- some podcasters that get... 1500 downloads an episode but their back catalog is getting 20,000 a month yeah so even though their show is not picking up steam the way that it could people are going back and listening to it for whatever reason so there's no reason why they can't i mean and again i don't know libsyn's parameters but it wouldn't make sense for them to save 5,000 per episode i feel like that's referring to the episodes that are new content Old content, because some of those may have that old content. It's just the new content isn't as strong. Um, But anyway, you would reach out to Libsyn or Blueberry, ask them what their parameters are, and say that, you know, you feel like you're ready. Or you could sign with um, a new host or company like Acast and I think Audio Boom. Um, Actually, I'd have to double check my notes. Just I'm not. I don't. But I remember. know Acast does it. So let's say Acast that, does it. Let's say. Uh, and there are some people in the space, like our friend Sarah Van Mosel, that are really excited about dynamic ad insertion because they feel like there's a whole um, huge inventory that's not being taken advantage of or monetized. And in a way, that's kind of true. So let's. So let's do that. I mean, um, what I what I kind of want to get to here, it's not necessarily that whether or not they're good or bad. What I'm saying is, how do you get it, and how much money are you actually going to make? Because I think that there are there are ideas. It's sort of like when you were talking about, um, yeah, you, know, you don't Facebook make a lot. Before. Yeah, when you were talking about Facebook before, like Facebook ads, I saw like a couple of people getting very dis dis disheartened that they spent, I don't know, $150 boosting their latest episode and did crap for their podcast. So they're never going to spend money again. And it's like, well, um, there's a lot more to it than just uh, doing that. So what I'm saying is, if you have the back catalog or the dynamic ads, and let's say you get somebody who says, we'll take you, you're you having a 1000 downloads per episode per month. um, Now, it's cool. And I see that you get, you know, I don't know, 5,000 5, right. or, or something like that to your back catalog per month or more 10,000 to your back catalog per month. We can work with that. So let's say, let's do it. Let's go. How much money do do they, the average? So we're not going to be talking about, um, you know, high, high, super crazy CPMs here because the majority of the time though, are those brands for this type of female content out there that are spending some serious books? In the space that you've seen, um, other than what was it, Lola? <laughs> like yeah, Lola is a fi- like it's very focused My on Lola. the female space, but I don't see like Babies Are Us or um, Dir- a direct to consumer brands are the ones that spend the most money right now. And Babies Are Us is not a direct to consumer. I mean, it could be technically, but they they also have like you know like walk ins, whereas like. 
with um, my Lola. There's no store you can walk into and just like buy a box of tampons. That's Direct true. to consumers, you know, for those who don't know, is like where the customer basically has to purchase it online, like subscription boxes like Harry's and yep. Orby Parker and things like that. So they are the strongest advertisers right now. But between 2015, 2016, that number, the number of branded versus direct to consumer content grew. Not a lot, like 2%. Um, and also they're having to be more creative. <clears throat> so it's not necessarily a live read. Sometimes it's sponsored content. Sometimes they sneak it in like, um, kind of like how Seinfeld used to sneak in drinking Snapples and clearly Canadians. They're starting to do that too, where it's like product placement, but audio. Right. But that's so, not dynamic, but that's not dynamic. Right. Ads. But none that of that's dynamic. Anywhere. Right. But you're at, but you asked about babies are So I was just yeah, saying, yeah. yeah. So back to that. Okay. So as far as dynamic ad insertion, um, my understanding also is like where for current content, you would get, you know, anywhere from 18 to $50 per thousand downloads per episode. Back content is more like $6. However, it's kind of six in one hand, half dozen in the other, because like, if you look at like, like Elsie, let's you, let's you and I pull up our lips and account real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were to go per episode, of our current show and I don't want to be too specific about what we get, but like it's, it ranges anywhere from 800 to 200, 2500. Okay. You know, our last episode got a ridiculous amount of listens, by the way. Wow. I know. I just, I saw that. I, I wrote saw that. Holy man. Yep. Anyway. So, um, maybe it, it was the mushrooms. Thing. It was before that. <laughs> Okay, so anywhere from eight hundred to let's say two thousand, which means if we were to do a thirty dollars CPM, it's sixty dollars. However, you know, it's sixty dollars per episode. However, for the entire month of June, it's almost eight thousand eight thousand downloads. So if you take out the three to four, we're getting in new content, and let's say we do like six dollars CPM on the other, yeah, it still sucks. It's like four. It's like fifty dollars on yeah. the back catalog. Um, which isn't a lot. I mean, it's not a lot. It's, obviously, you're not going to be able to quit your job. I know. Well, that's what I'm I think that that's what I want. That 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 answer is what I want, because we we actually have the kinds of numbers that um, I feel that are well. heavy, that are pretty strong numbers for the type of podcast that we have. Yeah, but we are. But we are never going to be someone like, so- like mainstream, like we're not necessarily like just general mainstream that somebody's going to be putting on at eight o'clock at night on TV or something. And everybody's going to be like, oh, yay, because it's very specific. It's it's I mean, even though we do banter a lot and talk here and there, which could basically be picked up and, and put anywhere in terms of like in comedy banter or whatever. Yeah. But we're really our main conversation is sometimes it's actually very focused on parenting and our age and and what we're doing and then the podcasting space which as you know is at this moment becoming a little bit more like prevalent in the in quotes mainstream world but still who the hell is going to want to listen to a podcast about podcasting but look still. at this though we've done one episode in july so far the right. one episode has gotten 750 listens yeah but we as a total have 1700 Right. So that means that a thousand other listens were other back catalog back catalog stuff. Now again, yes. it's six dollars because it's one thousand. But when you have a substantial 
you know, like a more substantial or more, um, you know, wider audience or an audience that's growing on a regular basis. I mean, ours is too, obviously, um, you know, growing on a regular basis, then it's very different. I don't know. I, I don't think I do not think for independent podcasters that dynamic ad insertion is where we should focus. I know that, like I said, Sarah Van Mosel and and market ingenuity. They're very focused on dynamic ad insertion for back catalog. That's because she works with serial. And when you have a million right. in back catalog, that's exactly. quite, you know, that's six yep. million dollars or yep. whatever. Six, you know, six hundred thousand dollars. If it's six dollars, what's the point? So yeah. and for us it's six dollars, not six hundred thousand. So I think the focus should be on if you are going to do advertiser or if you're going to monetize, period. It sounds like for you, monetization would be, you know, for the podcast you've presented, Mm -hmm. monetization is smarter in monetizing your community, not with sponsors and advertisers, which is kind of what you and I do. Yeah. And I think that there's a way to to negotiate certain types of advertising on your own. Well, that's the other part, right, is that we charge more than CPM because – yes. It works. Yeah, so, because we have the influence part of things that I yeah, feel. The case studies. It, yeah, that is important <laughs> for us to be able to reach our, our audience, right? Yes. And a lot of people are like that. A lot of people sign on with me and then I bring them an offer of CPM and they get super pissy. And, and actually, I have some conundrums at this moment, actually, that I wouldn't mind discussing um, to see what you and John think I should do or if you agree with what I have done in these certain situations because these smaller shows, to me, CPM almost has to not be in the picture. But sometimes in my world, I can't help. So, for example, we talked about my Lola. Yes. I can't pitch my Lola our show and say, well, it's worth at least $500 a month. Because it's mostly women and we talk about, you know, even it was Sisters of Flow. Right. And they talk about periods the whole time. Like they only buy CPM because they buy so many shows. Yeah. They can't just make an exception for one because it's about periods. Exactly. And I think that 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 is really the conversation that I want to bring forward. And so let's say, you know, you you know, as a podcaster that you have this power and and um meaning that you have this rabid audience right now that is so into this kind of stuff and we would love to do um uh for you to do a buy for us only for us and not do a CPM model or something mm-hmm. like that is there anybody out there that's going to be able to negotiate that for you that is a bigger company I mean I think it's best when you have a show like ours to do it yourself right and I mean I know that probably sounds like She's not even recommending her own business. And I am. It's just that the smaller shows that I have, I either haven't sold for since they've signed with me or I've brought them offers that are basically insulting. Yeah. And I think that that's for me, that's that's actually the 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 clincher, you know, especially for the types of things that are coming to you, because it's great that that there is the ability to monetize your back catalog. And I think that that's really awesome. What I would feel that is that would be empowering is if I could like for, for myself, like, let's say, um, you know, when I met with Natalie Ektal a while ago for like as a bit in a business con- consult where I hired her, you mm-hmm. know, one of the first things she said was like, you should consider monetizing your back catalog for Elsie's yoga class. Like just getting ads on it. Mm-hmm. The end. 
and just using dynamic ad insertion because even if it is just a little bit of money, that would be cool. And I was like, yeah, you know, I should totally do that. And part of it is that there, there, is, there are very little advertisers right now that I would want on, on there. Because mm-hmm. Elsie's yoga class is like very specific, and I don't want to be like. Plus, the, well, who, who, which, which of the normal already people who are advertising would want to advertise for Elsie's yoga class? I'm not their demographic. Maybe, possibly, Audible. Maybe, but my numbers right. are not big enough for Audible in in the proper CPM thing, not as an affiliate and stuff. Right. And and I don't think I don't think that there is an advertiser right now. Maybe my Lola. Maybe that's about it because Maybe. I don't, I can't think of anything else that isn't going to be intrusive to my audience now. And again, my podcast is very specific. So I would probably well, now don't get me started on intrusive to the audience. You can, it's you are in control of what's intrusive to your audience. No, we'll see. So here's the thing about the intrusive for the audience for Elsie's yoga classes. I would have to manually go inside of my, all of my back catalog and I would have to put the insertion point. You don't do during it. My Lipson does it. Intro. No, I would have to give them the time code. It doesn't matter regardless of whether they do it for me. I would have to go in there and listen to my show so that I could give them the time code because mm, it's right. a yoga it's class. Different. No, you can't do it in a yoga class. You'd have to do pre or post. You That's, would have to. Right. Do I would have post. to do pre or post. Exactly. That, I think to. that would be the best. I can't do any kind of mid. You can't do any kind of mid in the middle no. of a yoga class. What are they going to do? Stand in balancing tree or whatever that's and the tree does? Yeah. Yeah. For a one minute ad, I'd fall on my face. Yep. <laughs> and most of those positions are Yeah. So if it's pre or post, I'm cool with that. Right. Pre or posted, like whatever, and I'm so right. I'm a, so I would do that, and I'm I'm enough I'm far enough away from my podcast at this moment that I'd be like, okay, that's okay, because if if it was still if I was still producing it, I'd probably say no. Yeah, but still, whatever. So anyway, um, what's your problem? <laughs> okay, so I have I'll start with conundrum one because it's smaller. It's an odd situation, but. Apparently, one of the shows I represent, the host, is the uncle of the founder of one of those really big podcast advertisers, like Warby Parker, Harry's Razors, one of those, okay? And he was with PodTrack for a little while. I don't know what happened, but they kind of stopped selling ads on his show. So he signed with me. He told me about this familial situation. I actually got the connection through Cast Plus. His show gets, within 30 days, about 5,000 downloads an episode, which technically is, um, I mean, if you sell it at 20, you know, it's like $120. So I got the connection through Cast Plus. They want to do a test of one episode, and they offered $63, which is, which is already, first of all, already, he does not like selling CPM. His show is very niche. It's a very niche sport and it has a season. It's a spring, summer season kind of sport. Okay. So he can only really, I mean, it's his show only gets good numbers between like, say, March and November. So $63 for one ad, he's not too thrilled about. So he was kind of like, this is undervaluing my show. I feel like we're not, you know, I, I mean, like basically he was kind of, he was not happy. He was interested in playing with them, but with certain ones that he, so he's mad because like certain, certain um, relationships that he's pulled in himself, 
they're giving him like 250 300 an episode which is why i always say if you have a niche show do it yourself don't go through an agency or try to get these big boys to play with you because they want to play low and i can't help that so you know so he was like i'm getting you know this much and whatever so so then i said um you know probably you'll get free product and he said, let's just play this out. If they like the test, which is the one episode, what are the chances of getting a longer commitment? Are you sure they're going to up the money? I'm trying not to be difficult, but my monthly numbers are 98000 I'm like, right, but that's back catalog. And your advertisers only want what's current. And within 30 days, you're only getting like five, 6000 and that's at best. So that also is like, you know, here this guy is thinking because his whole show is pulling in 100000 a month that it's worth more, but really it's not. And so I said, um, you know, they're taking an average of the most recent four. Uh, and basically he was like, I'm not interested. It devalues my show. Um, my show is evergreen. My numbers per episode grows over weeks. I'm not enthusiastic about this. And I had to – I basically had to convince him because – a, the free product makes it more valuable. But B, if he doesn't play ball, they'll never get a relationship together. Like they'll never come back later and say, oh, yeah, I think I'd like to pay him double now. Hmm. He has to do the test. Mm-hmm. And then we can if, – if the test goes well, then you have some leeway in my opinion. So I convinced him to do it for $63. And so he reluctantly says, OK, even though he thanked me for, you know – told me he appreciated what I was doing, um, but he's pissy about it. And I just kind of wanted to know, do you think I did the right thing by pushing him to do $63 for one test for one episode, even though that episode has the potential of getting 5,000 downloads? Is it a math question or is it a value question? I think that you're that's going to you're going to have your answer after he does it. Because I understand where he's coming from. I get that. I think that as a producer, what I would take away from this, from everything that you have stated so clearly is that I would like to test it out for my, for my niche show. I'd like, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to play this game. I want to see what this game is like. Mm-hmm. I'd like to play this game. I want to see what the outcome is. I want to see what my audience does. I want to see how it performs. I want to, I want to know what the conversation is. With this advertiser after, mm-hmm. I want to know what, what comes next. Because then I will be in a position to know whether or not I'm like, yeah, ain't going to work for me from now on. Thanks so much, Jess, for helping me make my decisions. Mm-hmm. Thank you for you know putting me in this position so that I can now better make the next choice. That's how I would do it because you wouldn't miss – I don't think that he's going to miss out on anything by right. not testing it. Yeah. What are you missing by not trying it? Yeah. Even if it was twenty dollars, if yeah. they want to start a relationship with you, I you think know, it's that, not like they asked you to eat dog food, right? Just no, do I think it. that. Yeah, I think that if you're doing it for like the the parameter that you did for a test and that kind of stuff, I totally do it. There's nothing for me to lose about it. What it will teach me is, you know, as a producer, do I want to do I want to continue with this type of a relationship mm-hmm. from my side of things is the relationship with this pod with this um advertiser worth it for me in this with these guidelines then i could make a more educated decision because then you can say well maybe i mean i don't know 
But oh, right. maybe it's an easy, maybe it was, it's so easy that you don't think about it because like for monetizing, again, going back to really quickly Elsie's yoga class, if I were to monetize that and it was like set it and forget it and it was really just me signing some kind of contract and choosing the advertiser and it was a pre-roll or a post-roll or whatever and then I forgot about it and then I would periodically get checks, I'd be like, ooh, yay. Right. Like I didn't have anything to do with it. It's just right. happening. Right. To me, that's I- great because I'm not doing anything to get this money. This guy's been with me for like seven months. He gave me a laundry list of people to contact for one reason or another. They're either not interested. It wasn't the right time. They don't want to do, you know, they or they just never responded back to me. So I've had a very hard time selling this show. And actually most shows that have seasons, I have uh. a really hard time selling. And I mean, you know, that includes sports and television. It's harder. It's harder to hit people at the right time. If they don't decide in time, the numbers get lower. Like her fantasy football is one where like – during season, it gets ten, fifteen thousand an episode. But I had an advertiser buy that price for April and June and August, and it's getting like five hundred. They're gonna have to yeah. keep doing app, you know, ads for this episode until it comes up to what they paid for. It's just frustrating. Anyway, okay, I'm gonna remember that you said that. And yep. here comes the second conundrum. Okay, so you agree with that first decision? Yes, to I push do. him to do it. Okay, yes. okay. Now here's conundrum number two. A online gambling website asked me to put together a list of male-centric sports and comedy shows for their online – for like – it's like a, basically an online bookie. They're placing bets on who knows what. I don't know because I don't gamble. I put together a list of 40 shows ranging in price per episode. Now they told me, I doubt the client will go higher than 20 CPM. I said, I basically sell at 30, but let me do pricing for you at 25 and 20. And then if you have shows you're interested in, I'll go back to the podcaster and see what they say. Okay. The shows I gave him are priced in between as low as, you know, $75 an episode and as high as 15,000 an episode. Every number in between, right? Mm -hmm. So he comes back to me and here's what he says. Just being transparent, $20 CPM is a bit steep, especially since the client pays less than half for that on ESPN, Fox, etc. So I'm hoping a long-term buy will lessen the CPM drastically, drastically from 20. These are the shows I think the client would be interested in. Okay, ready? Here we go. So... The first show has at 20 is only $60. The second show he's interested in at 20 is $47. Then he moves on to 1700, 75, $80. So now don't remember remember he's trying to cut this in half. Hmm. Um uh what's the next one? 440 and two more. 142 and $50. So basically he's taking a contract for seven shows that already at the lowest price is probably under $2,000. Oh my God. And wants to do it for a thousand because ESPN sells at $10 CPM. So then, I mean, without even asking them, I didn't tell the podcasters nothing. 
Without even asking him, I wrote him back and said, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. The shows on ESPN are way bigger. They can afford to lower the CPM for a bulk buy. These shows are too small to do a live read and the work involved for less than 20. And even that is very, very low. I normally sell those shows at 30. So then he wrote back, thank you for putting this together. No worries. Um, appreciate you, you know, being so timely about getting back to me. The end. Okay. So do you think I made the right decision? Yes, of course. This is a bunch of crap. I would have gone so pissed off. I'm not pissed, but basically he was like, Ugh. let me know if we can work towards a 10 to 12 CPM for the package testing for six weeks. So that means that, okay, like let's just say our friends at Great Beard Venture, for example, yeah, they, he wants to do like a, a – right now she's getting – and I don't mean to call you out, uh, Amanda – but like Great Beer Venture gets like, you know, 1500 to 2000 which means he wants to buy one ad for $20. And because he wants six of them, I'm supposed to tell her she has to talk about this gambling site six times for 120 bucks. Like he's out of his mind. Yeah. And that's like my lowest, even the highest one, 1700 So let's say he wants it for the 1700 one. Let's see. Which one was that? Fish Talk Radio. Okay. Um, it's 85 thousand downloads an episode even at 20 it's 1700 because it's four times you know he does like a bunch of shows a week so instead of 20 he wants me to do 10 which is like 850 dollars an episode and because he buys six that makes it okay when i could sell him easily at 2000 it just makes no sense what because I just was like, I wasn't insulted. I wasn't pissed off. I just said no. But I'm now wondering, like, because he was like, cool beans, peace out. I thought maybe he would come back and say, well, nope. So thanks. Have a nice day. So now I kind of wonder, like, did I do right by my clients? Should you I did, have asked because them? Because this is a bunch of crap. You can't do that. You can't do it. So I shouldn't have asked no. them? No, you shouldn't have um uh- no, you shouldn't have said, like, will you take this gambling site for $10 CPM? Yeah, I mean, I think I would feel like an asshole doing that. But now I kind of feel like an asshole for not giving them the choice. All right. Well, so like a ten- I, I had I, yeah. I was actually put in that position like right way back in the day when I first started, started doing Lipson. That's what I I actually was the person that went out to. You know, like we we would get the campaigns and I would go out and I would present the information to the podcasters. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, hey, do you want to do this? And do you know how hard it was for me to do that? What you just did? It's like, oh, my gosh, we totally got a new advertising opportunity. It's going to be a $10 CPM and you're going to be making 120 bucks. Yeah. Yay. I don't oh. want to say that. Wait, wait, wait. And then there's another <laughs> thing too, which is the other thing, which is the payment part of it. So, okay, let's say I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I need $125. When the hell are you going to get paid? You know how long know. it takes to get Sometimes paid? Sometimes it takes a long time. Yeah. So, all right, not, all right I, yep. John, I want you to pipe in for a second. No, you did exactly right. Because why would you, if you can sell them for 30, why are you bringing them 10? Because, like, let me put you in this situation. Let's say Brand X was one of the ones he wanted. 
You've not had an advertiser yet. Technically, an online gambling site might be good for your audience. But you would be getting, let's say you'd be getting like $6 an episode for six weeks. So it's $36. And how many times do I have to do a read for him? How many times do I have to do one a week for six weeks? I mean, to be honest with you, and again, I'm a nobody. And, you know, for $6, keep your money. To be honest with you, I got you know I'm totally honest with you. For six hours, so I just you want to be pissed me. at me for saying no? No, no, I would not. I, I, I bring me thirty, and then I would love to talk about thirty. But why are we why are we cutting down what we're we're trying to make a, a certain amount of money right now? Okay, let me just take it into the podcasting editing editing role. Uh, let's say I sh- edit a show, for, uh, an hour show for fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. I do the editing for fifty dollars. Now all of a sudden, someone comes to me and says, "Hey, you know what?" I have a show here and, you know, it's, it really doesn't take that much editing. I, I, everything's good. And, you know, we can do, you know what? I'm going to do three a week and uh, I want to discount. So I'm going to give it, uh, I'll give, how about $20 an episode? Well, now that takes up three slots that I could be selling for 50. All right. right, right. But now I'm stuck. But what if we haven't at, sold them at all, though? That's the thing. It's like some of these shows I've never sold at all. And 36 is certainly better than nothing. That's true. But what happens is now, now I have three shows come to me that want to pay my rate. Now what do I do with this guy? Kick well, him right. to the curb? Right. That's why I said no. Do, now, but then but I started already, to, yeah, now I signed a contract. I just doubted my decision because no, I didn't did right. give them a choice. No, because what happens is now all of a sudden they see blood in the water. So now what they're trying to do is they're trying to undercut everybody. Yeah. It costs so much. This is how much it costs. If you want to be in, if you want to play in our sandbox, this is what it costs. That's it annoys me because it's like if you're buying 10 CPM on ESPN, you know you're spending $600,000. Who listens to ESPN anymore? The podcast? They seem to think everyone listens to them. Oh, please. That, that's, that is the Titanic of, of networks right now. That thing's <laughs> taking on more water and going down so fast. They don't know what to do with it. They're, that might be true. They're firing but people But their podcasts, there. I don't think, are doing Places so on terrible. fire. That's why they're doing. That's why they're doing ten dollars an episode right now. They're they're circ- the place is circling the drain. That's super funny because in my eyes, I mean, like in the podcasting space, they're not doing that badly. But but it's funny that they are everywhere else. I don't know why I'm amused by it, but I am. Anyway, thank you for your input. All right, so you guys think I did the right thing? Do you see why yes. I felt like it was a conundrum, though? I could kind of see it. Um, I I get it. It's just that. <sighs> I don't think people, yeah, I, I think that the podcasters wouldn't get upset with you because it's like the potential versus the reality. Like if you, re- yeah, it's, you know, and especially if you have a good show and you really put a lot of effort in your show, like I'd rather get zero than $6. I'd rather yeah. get zero than $6, especially with the amount of energy and time and attention that I put on my stuff. It has it like it would be devaluing what I'm doing if I put a six dollar CPM on my thing and then I randomly get these like twenty dollar. T- it's like I don't know. It's just not worth it for me. I'd rather I'd rather not. I'd rather do affiliate. You know what? I'd rather do sell Amazon links. I'd rather sell somebody else's program. I'd almost anything. <laughs> I'd rather beg for money. <laughs> yeah. You know, seriously, I'd rather donate to the show. And get six dollars an episode versus ad insertion. It's just de- it's just it just felt like a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work for that. Which is what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm getting back at. Yeah, that y- you know, I don't know. And and now getting. I'm I'm gonna actually bring this back again to the question of 
dynamic ad insertions in your back catalog, right? There's That's the conversation that we were having, that there's the monetization option. That's, a, that's an option. People can do that. You can put uh, dynamic ads in your back catalog, as well as obviously your, 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 your content and whatnot. And that's cool. Now, let's talk about monetizing your back catalog behind a paywall. What do you think is necessary for a podcaster to have uh, a successful monetizing campaign or strategy around that model of like keeping their first, let's say, you know, anywhere between 25 and their, their latest 25 to 50 episodes free for everybody. And then once you have, you know, once that episode, it's just the latest 25 or 50 that are free. The rest of them are all behind a paywall. What do you think about that? <sighs> what, think- what am I buying? I can't think of a podcast that I would go back to that I would want to go pay for to go back and listen to. This is what Mark Maron makes a living off of. Yeah. You know, he had 45,000 I mean, people to that bought his premium. If I package. was listening to like Ricky Gervais and it wasn't free when I very first did it, yeah, I would go back and buy it. I totally would have gone back and buy it because it was so amusing and I had nothing else to listen to at the time. Um, and so if people really like that show or they really have nothing to do all day, they would do it, right? Like, I'm not, you and I are, like, we three are not the contenders for that product, but I used to be when I had an hour and a half commute and I sat in a cube all day around people that I hated. That's the contender for that product. And Mark Marin's show is the perfect sell for those people because he's kind of snarky and it's entertaining, not every show can make money that way. Like, I'll see, I don't think our show can make money that way. I don't know that every show can make money that way, but there are certain shows where that's very smart. Yeah, like Ginger actually, Campbell was making like Ginger for Brain Science podcast. She was making like two thousand a month in back catalog. Yep, and also you know there's the in doing um, premium. I mean the MLW MLW Radio um, also does that, which is I am. It is um, what do you call it? What are those fighters? MMA. MMA, yeah. They make, I think that they've got a ton of people that are subscribed to their shows, like to their back catalog that way. That is premium model based. And so I guess my conversation isn't around whether or not it's a workable model because it is. And actually the people who do make it work, make it work. But I kind of want to distill to what are the, what are the qualifications? Like what would it be? What do you need if you are if you're considering this as a podcaster, what are like let's say the first three questions as a podcaster that you need to ask in order for for this to be a a great choice for you? Anybody anybody? For me, I mean it would have to be something that I would want to listen to that would really entertain me. For me, again, I I think that more of a model that I see happening now is where someone comes out and does a half hour of an hour show for free and then for 7.99 a month you can buy the rest of the show over at blah blah blah.com you know kemda whatever and the girl keith and the girl kemda they, they make their whole thing their whole money is also made on back catalog they yes, have like 3000 episodes yeah and they and it's it's access yeah it's premium access I essentially mean, yeah i think there's a way you can freeze it where it's premium access it's um, VIP. It's something, you know, you can yeah. frame it where almost every show could probably make money with this. Like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of thinking about our show and I'm looking at our stats at like the like total episodes, like which ones last like forever have gotten the most episodes. Downloads, um, you mean? 
Yeah, sorry. Downloads. Well, see, I think that here's here's the my idea and like with that. one, two, and four have the most total. So think if we had ever put that stuff on a under a premium block, if we'd have gotten more money. I don't because so. I think our first episode ever has already gotten twenty seven listens this month. I'm afraid about that. I kind of want to remove it. It's like not very. Oh, it's okay. terrible. It's terrible. But the point I know. is, it's the most listened to. Yeah, but so that's like, because everybody decides they want to start with episode one. Right. But then why not put it under a paywall? That could have been $99. Well, it depends if people want to listen back, though. I mean, if you get if you fall in love with I think that the thing is this. It's like people would have to fall in love with us with the for over from the last 50. Don't they? And then we'll see the, then we would have to see will they pay for the other 100. There are certain episodes, I think, of every podcast that people want access to. It's like a best of, right? One yeah. of them would be our first. One of them would be when we when I came back from maternity. Oh, that was so good. One of them would probably be before we were going to podcast movement a couple years ago and you denied the panel. That's right. Like some of those shows are pretty healthy as far as being listened to. I'm a big fan of episode 100. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it looks to me like our top. Ep- Why won't it? Uh, you're a big fan of which one? 100. He was. Oh, being of course. Dorky. Derp. Derp, 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 derp. Okay. One, then seven, then 95 bullet journals and Chapsnat. Chapsnat. Then five, then 33, then 92, then 105. Like, I mean, like. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. But I know some of those have to be some of the ones. You know, where we've talked about that stuff. So I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking if we, if, you know, maybe every podcast has the opportunity if they look at their stats and see that certain shows are always being downloaded. I think that in terms of back catalog um, access, there are like some things which are exactly what you're talking about. What value does the back catalog bring forward? Like what, what's the, What's the value that you're bringing to the table? And it could be a variety of different things. Like for us, I think that because She Podcasts is a little bit more, uh, there it, it's like identity. It's basically you and I. It's personality driven slash newsy of the moment. And I think that's a really challenging thing to sell. Mm-hmm. Not not the not the personality driven part. Actually, that's what actually that's what makes it listen like that's what keeps people listening and that's why people want to listen again because Mm -hmm. of you and i but given them the half of the content for each one of our episodes that that is more of the moment it's timely like i wouldn't want to go back and listen to us discussing news that are no longer relevant like if something was released like you know but we haven't always done the news thing i'm sorry what we haven't always done just news no but we have talked about the news now we talk about the news I mean, meeting with a with a jingle, but we always have talked about the of the moment things, things that are happening at that time. We've always addressed that. We talk about the new services. We talk about, you know, when we got into Snapchat, when we got, you know, all of that stuff is things are things that are, were basically of the moment. We've talked about new releases. We've talked about advertising things. We've always done that. It's and so so I think that there's a value to being able to consume us as it happens. Now, there are certain ones that are a little bit less so, which are a little more evergreen. I think the evergreen ones are 
absolutely worth the subscription model. And I think that there are categories that absolutely fit into it. One of the categories would be education, because if you have certain lessons or language lessons or even lessons for like homeschooling type things for for kids, um, stories for kids, um, things like that, I think are worth paying. Tutorials of some kind. Something that I that I subscribed to since the beginning was Screencasts Online, and he has a premium model where he he releases one episode that's free a month, and everything else is behind a paywall. But I pay for that because he goes deep into a bunch of apps and he teaches me how to do stuff. Right. And on and you know at the same time, usually what happens is when he's going to cover the new the latest uh, Garage Band release, that's going to be behind of a paywall, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to want that. So it's worth it for me to see it for, for a monthly fee. So I don't know. I think you have to get very clear about what your audience is willing to pay for in terms of the back catalog. It's a tough yeah. one. And I've seen people like um, my friend Chaz from Yoga Amazing, who's been around forever and a bazillion years. He has a video podcast. And what he started to do it really early on was selling his podcast episodes for $1.99 each. He tried that. And he, he actually did that pretty well on his own. Like he just set up his own thing. And mind you, these are video classes. They were about $20 or whatever, and then they would get them for free, and then they would disappear, and, and then they were $1.99 on his website. So. I mean, it sounds pretty clever. I mean, I think you can be really creative yeah, with how you do the premium content for sure. It, and, you know, but, but it, see, those are classes, like even um, yoga. Let me see. What was yoga? Oh, my God. It was another yoga one. I forgot the exact name for this one. And what she used to do is she would produce, she would release in three different ways. She would release as an audio class, a video class, and she would also put up the PDF on her feed. And Mm -hmm. the classes were between 15 to 20 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And then in the class, at the end, once you finish the class, you had the option to go on the website to buy the 45-minute or the 60-minute version of the class. And she also would do that. And she did that very, very well. She ended, she did so well. In fact, she started to hire other teachers to do the audio as well. So she would have all of that, all those different options. But it's really, all of that was free so that people would go to her website and purchase the other classes. And she did really well with that model. So it's yeah, possible. that's I a mean, great way to go. It's possible. It's just, you can't just. And, and, and I think my, my resistance to a lot of this is that you can't just think that because you're going to put it behind a paywall, people will buy it. You have to work at selling the crap out of this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not. And then what are you going to have? You can buy our stuff behind the premium. You, who, who wants to advertise on the show? I have a course. We have a course that we're selling. It's um, this. We have a paid newsletter. You know what I mean? After a while, it's like, what, what are you selling? I'm so confused. There's so many different things. What can I buy? As a listener, that's where I feel like, what's happening here? I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I think there needs to be a course about how to do good reads. <laughs> yes, I, ag- I actually agree with that. And I agree that there needs to be a course on how to do good marketing. Not like, as yeah. in like, but well, for I'm working podcasters. On that. I'm working on that. I already have that done. I just have to put it up. Actually, I actually have one too, dude, but I do what? it from the perspective. I know, but I do it from the perspective, not of 
tactical things, but oh, quality. Yeah, tactical. I, I have quality. I have quality content things. The yeah. types of posts that work and why, like backwards. So yeah. Um, if I don't leave in one minute, I'm going to be late for my dentist appointment. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that means that we must close the show. So, yeah. uh, hey, guys, if you want to come see us live, please, you can. We're going to be in Anaheim uh, for Podcast Movement. So please get your ticket, shepodcast.com slash PM17. You guys, it's going to be amazing. Get it right now. And if you haven't gotten your ticket fully for Podcast Movement, you can, still using our coupon code for shepodcast.com. You can leave us feedback over at feedback at shepodcast.com and weigh in on any of this conversation. And I think that that's about it in terms of like the stuff that we want you to do today. And I want to say thank you to our patrons that have signed up. You guys, we're going to have a patron conversation here soon since we were talking about premium content and all that kind of stuff so that you know what y'all are going to be getting. Woohoo! Thank you guys so much for listening today. Sorry I have to run away, but I love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.